Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. So where are we reading from this morning? Haggai. Do you all know the story of Haggai by heart by now? You should do. Well, I'd like to, I thought about what to speak on a few weeks ago, and then Pastor Byron came down, and this has sort of been sitting and stewing for a little while, and I took my hand off it, but I wanted to speak on foundations, temples, and walls. And if you know that this time in history in the Bible, um, there's Ezra, there's Haggai, Haggai, and then there's Nehemiah. And each one, each one of these books describe how the people that had come out of captivity, captivity out of Babylon, and they were sent back, back to their promised land. Can I encourage you this morning, sent back to their promised land. It was back to their promised land. It was their ownership. It was their land. And they were coming back to their land. You do know that God made the heavens and the earth. And you do know that he left us here to tend this place and look after it. So you do know that as Christians and who we are, this is our land. We sometimes come from the perspective where we think the world has been taken over and we don't have much authority, but this is our land. And if nothing else, can I push into you this morning that, that they were in captivity and they were coming back to their land. It was not something that was that was extra, that was given to them. This was their land they were coming back to. They were building a foundation in their land. And can we change our perspective that what we're doing here, God has given us this place. God has given us the earth. God has given us rule and reign here. This is ours. Can we allow something to rise up within us that we're going to build a foundation, we're going to build a temple, and we're going to build some walls because this is our land. This is our land. You know, these, these books of Ezra, Haggai, and Nehemiah, more than anything else, they show the condition of people's hearts. And they show the condition of how people react when the word of the Lord comes. Some of them go to sleep. Some of them jump in, jump in boots and all. Some of them go back to their old ways and some of them learn new ways. But as we read, read the stories in, in Haggai, can I encourage you, write this over your life and say, God, I'm going to learn something new out of this. This is going to speak to me. This is going to be personal for me today, that I'm going to take something out of what you're saying today for my life. As Pastor Byron says, awaken the pioneer spirit within us. Awaken the pioneer spirit within us. <laughs> oh, dear. Dear. <laughs> You know, you know, we're not going back. We're not going back to these days. We're, we're not. Well, maybe we are. We're not going back to these days. But can you remember the times in church when all of a sudden someone would start running around the auditorium, just out of nothing? Someone would just get up and just start running around the auditorium, and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we'd all jump in, and then there'd be a pandemonium as everyone started running around the auditorium because they were so excited in God. And, and we, we couldn't hold it back. We had to do something as an expression of what God was doing in the place. That's right, that's how it's meant to be. You know, when the, when the Jewish nation came together to celebrate, you know it's called a celebration for a reason? 
it was called a celebration because it's a celebrated. That these, these story, the, the, when you look at the Jewish nation, and, and, and I can't remember how the music goes. If, if Mark was here, he could play some minor notes. We could all start dancing some Jewish. So, however they dance. And they danced because they were full of joy. They danced because they knew their God and they, they had a nation that was theirs and they celebrated all that was God. God has, you know, God has saved us. God has healed us. He's delivered us. <laughs> Stir up that gift within us. So anyway, they came back from, from Babylon and they built the foundations. And after they built the foundations, as we all know by now, there was a 14-year-old gap from when they built the foundations to when they started building the temple. And they stopped because some of the people in the land had come up and, give, and there was some opposition about what they were doing. And so they stepped back from their call for 14 years. And then they was decided, Haggai stands up and he speaks the word of the Lord. And because of what Haggai said and what he encouraged them to do, they decided, yes, I'm going to step into back into my destiny and I'm going to build a temple. Um, can I just, just say, and I like to be positive when I'm up here. I like to be positive when I'm up here. But so many of us over the last season and seasons have lost a bit of expectation. We've lost a bit of that, that sharpness in our walk with God. And we've lost a bit of expectation of what, what God could do. And, and I feel that the people in this story are probably in the same boat. A bit of opposition came. And they, they, because they'd been in Babylon in captivity, they lost their expectation in God. And so they went back and they started building their own paneled houses instead of building the house of God. Instead of building God up in their lives. And so if I'm speaking to you this morning, and maybe if it's the last... 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, one, 1 year, 1 month, 1 week, whatever it's happened and you've lost a bit of your expectation in God, well now is the time to step back in, to stir up that spirit within you and imagine, to start to hope, dream and imagine all the possibilities that God has for you in your life and to see what God can do when we come into him with those, with those sort of thoughts. So the scripture I'm going to read this morning is from Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 and it says, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So the old men had come back and they'd remembered Solomon's temple and all its grandeur. And they were looking at the temple that they'd start to build. build and they're thinking, this temple is just nothing. And the temple was there. And they'd lost their expectation. Haggai stands up and says, The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord God Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. This was a building for the future. Haggai was actually speaking to them 500 years into the future when Jesus was going to walk into the temple. When the Son of God was going to walk into the very temple that they were building. Can I encourage you all? What are we building? Can you imagine the house that was this built, this, this house that was built, built by hands that, 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 not by this church, but by the church before us built this place. And they built this house for the years ahead. These people were building the house for 500 years in the future when Jesus was going to walk into destiny, 
walk in to take his place in history, physically. With the houses that you're building, would it last 500 years? The house you're in now? Can you imagine that you're going to build this house and 500 years later, there's people going to be still living in that house? What are you building in your lives? What are we building corporately that's going to last? That's going to last. And that in 500 years' time, someone is going to possibly stand in this place, maybe not in 500 years, but maybe, and say, these people built something here that now I get the opportunity to step into. And this is the time in history that these people were stepping into. So in the three books of Ezra, Haggai, and Nehemiah, they built foundations first, then they built a temple, and then they built walls. Can I encourage you, if, if you take notes, can you write down in your notes, foundations, temples, walls. What am I building in my life? What foundations am I building? What temple am I building? And what walls am I building? Because when those three are complete, it's going to keep you safe. It's going to give you a connection with God and it's going to give you strength in your life. Go home on stew on those three words. I know you're not going to probably listen to, not listen, but remember a lot of what I say. But those three words, if nothing else, stick those words in your mind. You know, there is always a time to build. Me personally, I've had years where I haven't felt like doing anything. I've had years where it's been dark, really, really dark in my life. And even in those years, I've still built. I've still decided that while I'm here on earth, I get the opportunity to build whether I feel it or whether I don't feel it. I get the opportunity to build whether I'm, I'm in lack or whether I'm in abundance. I still get the opportunity to build something. Because if I'm not building for God, then I'm building for something else. And I don't want to live in that kingdom. I don't want to live in that place where I'm building something that's not good. I want to live in the place where I'm building something that's good. You know, and I want to build on a foundation. I want to build on a firm foundation. Because I know if I build on a firm foundation, it's going to give me success later on. I don't want to come to the place where my foundation is so weak that all of a sudden, when life seems to be going really, really well, there'll be a crack in my foundation and allows me to slip into a place that I never thought I would. Because you know those times are going to come for our lives when things go wrong. And if there's a firm foundation, it will hold us for the future. I want to build something that lasts. See, I just want to be some, someone that tells me what to do. I don't want to be told what to do so much. I want to want to do something for God. I really want to want to do something. I pray, and, and that's why this worship time is so good, because it gives me the connection with God, and I just want to serve Him. I want to be with Him. I want to be close to Him. It's not that I'm told to, and these people had given up. And Haggai comes to inspire them and tell them this thing you're building is, is not just something little. This is something that's going to house something so great you, you can't even understand it. And it was the Son of God stepping into, into to earth. So what are we building on? A 
First, our belief system in God, because when we believe in him, whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And I want rivers of living water to flow out of my life. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want people that come to me and say, yeah, that doesn't taste too good. Maybe I don't like this about your life. I want them to come to me and say, there is living water coming out of, my li- out of his life. I want to be like him. I want to sh- carry something like him because there's something in him that's different. The rivers should be flowing out of us. You know, after reading Haggai, can I encourage you too, what is your commissioning? Individually and corporately is this house. Claire spoke a few weeks ago, and she spoke on Check Your Flow, that we're in a river, but sometimes when you dry up, you don't realize, but oh, the river has moved slightly, or you've moved, and you're not in the river any longer. And it's asking the question, God, I want to be in your river. I want to be where you are. I want my foundation to be so strong that I'm going to recognize when I'm not actually in your presence, when I'm not actually in the place where the river of God is flowing over my life. I want to build a foundation that is strong, that when the river moves, because the river, the foundation is the foundation that God has placed in my life, I'm going to recognize when I'm not on that foundation, but I've moved to somewhere else. So first, if we want to be successful, the first thing we want to do is build foundations. Can I ask, can I, can I encourage you all to do, to do this morning? Do what God asks you to do. Just do what God asks you to do. If you're doing what he's asking you to do, you can't fail. Just do what he asks you to do, plain and simple. When you read the word, believe it and start to do what the word says. And watch what happens in your life. When we do that, doors of opportunity open up for us for blessing. You know, once again, there were reasons why the people in Haggai had stopped building. And some of us have very valid reasons. You know, some of us, life is just tough. For some of us, things have gone wrong and we struggle to, to, to get over those things that have happened to our lives. But even in that toughness, you can still find God. You can still find peace. You can still find encouragement. It's shifting our eyes off the thing that's, that's, that's afflicting us and shifting our eyes back to Jesus. This is the other word I want, to, I want you to walk away with this morning. This morning. It's a really simple word. It's Jesus. Jesus. Is Jesus always on your lips? Is Jesus our foundation? Is Jesus the reason why we're here? Is Jesus, Jesus the reason why we do what we want to do? It's Jesus. You know, if we're building foundations, if we build foundations on a miracle, then what happens when the miracle isn't there? If we're building our foundations on a feeling, then what happens when the feelings aren't there? If we build our foundations on a person, it might be your partner. It might be the person that led you to Jesus. But if we're building our foundations on a person, what happens when that relationship fails? If we build our foundations on a teacher, 
or a preacher, then what happens when his life doesn't meet up to what you expect it to? What happens when they let you down? Because we're all human. But what happens when we build our foundations on these things? The foundation is very, very weak. And we all do it. We all long for those miraculous things to happen. And I believe miraculous things happen every Sunday. I believe in healing. I believe in physical healing. I believe in spiritual healing. I believe in an emotional healing. I believe the God that heals. I, I believe in that 100%. But sometimes it doesn't happen for us all the time. It says in God's word that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. And he's here to reveal Jesus, not himself, but he's here to reveal Jesus. And he reveals Jesus because Jesus is our foundation. Jesus should be our rock. I was saying a few weeks ago in one of our prayer meetings, when I was young, I used to hear John 3.16 all the time. Every service I heard John 3.16. Every meeting I heard John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And it was the mandate we all live by. Just that one simple verse, it was the first verse I probably ever learnt. It was John 3.16. For 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than that, the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. Our foundation, if we're going to build on anything, it's Jesus. It is Jesus. So when you think of Jesus, what do you think of? Because if if your foundation and what you believe and what you think and what you imagine is Jesus or a portrayal of Jesus, can I tell you he's the best person you would ever meet in your life? He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He was the rabbi above rabbis. He was full of compassion. He was full of mercy. He was full of grace. He was full of strength. He was full of power. He was full of authority. He was the Son of God. Our foundation should be so strong on Jesus. Not on a foundation of miracles, but a foundation in the God of miracles. Not a foundation of feelings, but a foundation in Jesus, who is the God of peace and fullness and joy. Not a person, but the person of the Son of God. Not a teacher, but a rabbi with authority, who can make his own yoke. See, in Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you to want want God and Jesus more than anything else. Is that our foundation? Because Jesus was fully God, fully man. And my brain can't comprehend this. But we've just put this new telescope up in the heavens. and Maybe someone might remember what it was called. I can't remember what it's called now. And they're seeing back to, they say, where the the Big Bang was now. And and they're they're watching back thousands and thousands of years by this telescope, and they can say when the the beginning of our universe was created. And I'm thinking that this God we serve sat back there one day and thought, I'm going to create a universe. I'm going to create something that's going to blow everyone's minds. 
And he just did it. Because if you thought before the Big Bang, what was before the Big Bang? 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 God. And we're looking back as human beings and wanting to find something and we get to the Big Bang and they can't see any further. There's just blackness from that moment. Well, I can tell them what was there before the Big Bang. It was this, so, this God that was so powerful, so full of authority. And the same God, have you ever thought he designed you and me? He designed our, our brain, he designed our nervous system, he designed everything that's in our body. Back to the cellular level, this God is so amazing, he's so powerful. A big God, a big universe, it's like he was just showing off. And yet that same God decided to come down and live as a man in our midst, and it's Jesus. So do you think this man Jesus, this God man, we can trust him with the foundation of our life? Because he is so big, so huge, so powerful, he has everything in his hands that you can trust him with your life. His foundation is secure if we rest upon him. You know, you've probably all heard about Bethel, you know, the church in America. And their, their lead pastor, Bill Johnson, you, if you didn't know, his, his wife passed away from cancer a little while ago. And I love the way, I, I watched a, a little podcast and here he is, and he's standing on the, on the platform and he's getting really emotional because his wife has passed away and the emotions are welling up within him and, and the tears are coming and, and he's trying to hold it back and he's saying while, while he's speaking, he said, God, my foundation is secure. Even though my wife was not healed, I'm still going to believe in healing. Even though my pain is deep, I'm still going to believe in healing. I'm still going to believe in you. And he added to that and he says, this is my opportunity. This is my biggest opportunity because I get to worship you in my deepest pain. I get to worship you when I don't feel like it. I get to worship you when my emotions are telling me something else, but I get to worship you because you're so good. You're so powerful. Can I encourage you? Our foundation of worship will bring breakthrough. If a foundation is strong, even though his emotions are conflicted and he's feeling the pain of his wife, the same moment he can feel the love of a father. What is your foundation? Is it a firm foundation? Paul in Philippians 3 verses 8 to 10 says, Indeed, I counted everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that, that I might gain Christ to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, that I might share in his sufferings, becoming like him to death. This was a man that had an encounter with Jesus and built his life on the foundation of Jesus. He counted all but loss, except just to know Jesus. A firm foundation. 
There's a story in Matthew 7. And it talks, and, and I, you can put the, the verses up. But it talks about a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rock is Jesus. And it says, when the streams rose and the wind blew and they beat against that house, it did not fall. Can I encourage you? He's talking about a normal life. That you're going to go through storms. You're going to go through winds. You're going to go through some stuff. But if you build on the foundation, your house will stand. For everyone who hears these words of mine and, and does not put them to practice is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. What are we going to build our houses on? Because the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That is not us, because our foundation is on Jesus. Stay on Jesus. Stay on track. So build a firm foundation on Jesus. Simple message this morning. Really simple message. First thought. Number one, first point. Build a foundation on Jesus. Second point. Build temples. Don't try and build a temple on anything else but a foundation of Jesus. Do not try and build a temple on anything else but a foundation that's, that's Jesus. Temples are so important. You know, the temple was the symbol of the Jewish faith. It was the place where they came together as a nation and they sat before God and there was expectations when they came to the temple. And, and, and maybe we should have some expectations too. That this just isn't coming to a church on a Sunday just to meet like a rotary club. This is coming to have an appointment with God. This is coming to worship our God. This is coming where it gives us an opportunity to come and he speaks to us. Can we treat this as a bit of a, a joyous, fun moment we get to worship our God, but also a sacred moment as well in our lives? A place where we, we can come back and focus back to, back to Jesus again. See, the people who heard the voice of God, and, and it was through the prophetic, it was through Haggai. Haggai. So they were building a temple first, first and, I've got, and I've got four thoughts. The reason why they came to the temple, the first thought was they came to the temple because they had sacrifices to give. They had offerings to give. And I just don't want to talk about your money because I believe in that 10% with tithe we give. I believe as a starting point we should be giving our tithes and offerings, but I also believe we should be giving some of our time to God. I still believe we should be giving some of our energy to God. We should be sacrificing something for God if we're going to build a temple. And can I encourage you, if you're not sacrificing anything... Um, one of the biggest things in the temple they had was sacrifice. The people, that, the priests that served in the temple, and you look about their duties, and I don't know what percentage was, was, was giving sacrifices, but it was huge. We should be giving a sacrifice to God. Not just in mundane as, as we come to, to church. I'm talking about all of us giving sacrifices to God. So the first thing that when they came to the temple was they offered a sacrifice. The next thing when they came to the temple was they worshipped. And it wasn't, once again, it was not just worship. It was passionate, 
heartfelt, joyous celebration when they come to the temple. Have you ever heard the songs of ascent in, in, in Psalms? They had songs that they sang and they celebrated all the way up to Jerusalem as they came to the temple. And when they got to the temple, they worshipped their God. It wasn't just something they just came to do and thought, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm going to watch the movies, I'm going to watch Thor, let's sit down and in this, let's just watch this movie and, and it's going to make me feel good. No, they brought something to the place. They didn't just come to watch a screen, they, to screen a screen. They came up and they worshipped passionately. They came up and they were joyful as they came to the temple because they were coming to meet their God. Why wouldn't they be joyous? Why wouldn't they be thankful? They came to the temple too for teaching. They wanted to be taught. They wanted to learn something new about God. You know, Jesus spent his first 30 years of his life learning. I heard something the other day, and I'm not sure where it came from, but um, they were saying, why do we ever hear about Jesus anything from the time he was 12 to the time he was 30 why didn't we hear anything and this person said it was because Jesus was in the temple learning he was studying the law he was studying the scriptures he was debating with the rabbis at the time he was learning about his God because you do know that even though he was fully God he was fully man and because he was fully man he had to go through the learning process and learn about God, learn how to worship God and how to honor God and, and what the word meant. And so he spent the first 30 years of his life learning about God until he became a rabbi. And our dent, I, the last thing I wrote about coming to the temple was you find identity. We build our identity on Jesus and not the identity the world gives. Do you find yourself slipping into what the world says about you? You know, when we look at that screen at home all the time, it's called a TV, that I didn't have when I was first, first probably 10 years of my life. Yeah, I didn't have a TV. What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Oh. And now we watch this, this TV and we get our perception of life from a TV. Can I encourage you to turn off the TV every now and then? Pick up the Word of God. Spend time in His presence. Spend time, spend time praying. Spend time worshipping. Spend time getting to know Him. Haggai chapter 2, verses 3 says, Who of you has left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it, to look to you, does it seem to you like Nothing. Haggai 2, verse 3 again, I'll read again. Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem like, like nothing? See, looking back, the old men had started to build the temple and it was nothing like Solomon's temple. Its grandeur wasn't there. Its opulence wasn't there. The money, they, they didn't have the money to spend. It was, it was one of the wonders of the world and now they're building this temple and they're saying, this temple doesn't look the same. But can I shift from the physical a little bit? And can I encourage, you, encourage us this morning, what temple are we building? Because this new temple they were building, it did not have the Ark of the Covenant inside of it. They were building a temple, and, and I think we've got a picture, the Ark of the Covenant. 
It showed a relationship and a connection between God and man. And in this Ark of the Covenant, it, it had some things in it. It had the Ten Commandments, and once again, the other day, you do know the Ten Commandments was written on two tablets of stone. And we all see the pictures where there's five commandments on one tablet and there's five commandments on another. And we think that, yeah, God, God ran out of space on one tablet when they're writing it down, and so he needed a second one to fill it up. But, but I don't think it was like that. I think the two tablets had exactly the same things written on each tablet. And it was a covenant relationship. And I believe that one tablet was for God to say what his covenant was for man. And the other tablet was for man to remember what the covenant was. And there were two tablets to show that there was a covenant relationship that God had with man. He had his side of the bargain, his side of the bargain, his side of the covenant will not be broken. But then for our side, will our side be broken? Will we live under the commandments of God? The two tablets, well, they were in the ark so they would not forget the, the covenant relationship with their God. Also inside the ark, there was manna. It showed God's provision. There was Aaron's rod that budded. When he was in opposition, and, and we know that there are 12 tribes that they, got, they took 10 um, rods, 12 rods, and they put them together and put them in the holy place or the, back in the, the tent of meeting back in those days. And Aaron's rod budded, but it didn't just bud. It also grew blossoms and it also produced almonds. An amazing miracle. Well, that was in the Ark of the Covenant. And so the Ark of the Covenant reminded them of their past. It reminded them of their history. It reminded them of the goodness of God. It reminded them of God's power and authority. That was missing in the temple. And I can't help but think that maybe the men weren't just looking at the gold and the silver, but they were missing because the Ark was not there. The symbol of God's presence with them was not there. It was missing. Can we not just turn up to church and be missing that connection with God? Turn up to church and be missing? How sad would it be if we turned up and, and just as the men of old, they turned up to the temple and this was missing? Would we turn up and, and, and God's not here? Would we miss him? There's the Urim and the Thurim. Thummim? I can never say that properly. Thummim? 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 The Urim and the Thurim, and there were two, two rocks. And I don't know exactly how this worked, but it sat on the breastplate of, of the high priest. And if they wanted God to speak, they would somehow, well, they roll it, or I can't remember what they did. They, did. they would use this anyway. And, and the way it turned up, they would, they would hear the voice of God through the Urim and Thurim. So when they expected, when they went to the temple, they expected God to speak. They expected there to be a, a, a speaking, not just from us to him in worship, but also to he would speak to you in a real way. So the ark was missing. The Urim and Thummim were missing. The third one was the fire from heaven. When Solomon dedicated the first temple, they didn't have to light a fire. The fire came down from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice. There should be fire in this, in this house. There should be fire in this house. Parents, have, have your kids ever been hurt? 
Has some bully ever stood up to your, your, your son or your daughter? What comes up in your belly? There is a fire that comes up in your belly. Fire, fire that's right, fire. Especially don't stand between a mum and their child. Men just take, stand back and watch it unfold. Is there fire in your belly for God? The last thing that was missing in the temple, and God, I pray that we have this every Sunday when we meet. I pray, Lord God, and I ask, Lord, even in this moment, Lord God, I ask this next thought, Lord, be in the house every single time we meet, Lord God. And that's your Shekinah glory, Lord. That God, when we meet, the manifest presence of God would be in the house. It would surround us, Lord God. It would be thick like a cloud. That we, we feel your presence, Lord. That we come into the house, Lord. We have an appointment with you in this moment. God, that this house, Lord, there'd be a, a, a distinction of this house that we have here right now. The Ark of the Covenant. The covenant relationship would be here. We would hear from God's word. The Urim and the Thurim would be there, Lord God. That fire from heaven would be in the house, Lord God. And God, Lord, that your Shekinah glory would be in the house, Lord. Can I ask the team to come up? You know, there was a, there was a promise that Haggai, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, brought to the people. And there was a promise that this temple, this new temple, would be greater than the former temple. And it's because all of those things that were there in the temple that were missing, the new temple did not just have a physical ark. It did not just have the Urim and Thurim. It didn't have the fire. And it didn't have the presence of God or the Shekinah glory of God until 500 years later when Jesus walked in the house. And all of a sudden, those things that were missing, those five things that, were, that they were looking at, all of a sudden they came in the form of one man and it was Jesus. And he was in the house. So God, Jesus, we ask you to come into this house this morning. I ask, Lord God, that every heart does not, does not, that does not know you this morning, God, would come back to a, a relationship with you today, Lord God, and just as you walked into the temple, Lord God, and those five things were reinstituted back in that moment, Lord God, that God, every heart in this place, Lord, would have you reinstituted into our hearts, Lord God, that Jesus would come in. Because Jesus comes in, He sets us free, He releases us, He heals our pain, He gives us peace. He speaks to us, Lord God. Lord, the covenant relationship is restored between God and man in that moment, Lord God. As you speak to us, Lord God, the fire of heaven can come down and stir up that gift that's within us, Lord God, that we can walk out of this place different. And God, Lord, your Shekinah glory can be manifest upon us individually, Lord, and corporately in this house. But Jesus, you would be here. May we not meet and miss Jesus. Never miss Jesus. And God, even though he's in this house, I think back to the times in my life where, where I've had these connections that have been so strong. And I don't know what you're like, but one of my connections was sitting in a field all on, all on my own on a New Year's Day
you know, and I, I walked away from the party that was going on and all the people that were celebrating. And it's a, y- a young boy, I can't remember how, how old I was. I don't know. 18, 19, 20. And as you can tell, the thought of that moment brings up emotions. Because I was, I was in this place and we were on holidays and, and I, I walked away from this party where everyone was celebrating New Year's and they were yahooing New Year's and having this great time. And I thought to myself, something's just missing. And I thought, I want to have a good new year. I want to have a new year like nothing else, like none other I've had before. And so I walked away from the party and I, I walked down to, from the place we were and there was a, there was a bit of a, a, a stream flowing beside this beach and it was a beautiful spot. And I sat there and I just opened my eyes and looked to heaven. I said, God, in this moment, I just don't want to celebrate New Year. I want a connection with you. And in that moment, there was this connection that happened, lying on the grass, all on my own. I don't know if you've had those moments in your life. Precious times in God. And I pray that's what we get on Sunday here. Those moments when it's not just learning about God, it's knowing God. It's not just understanding something, it's, it's personal. This is just personal between me and God. And I've also had the times when I've been in a corporate worship and I just can't stop dancing. I just can't stop. I have to celebrate who He is. Can we build on the foundation of Jesus? On Christ alone, He's our cornerstone. No other foundation but Christ alone. The foundation of Jesus. And off that foundation can we build a house in our own lives, but also corporately, a temple that can house those things that the second temple lost until Jesus walked into the midst. So Jesus, I pray, as we sing this song, God, we... We ask, Lord God, I know you're here because I know you live inside of us. But I ask, Lord God, as we sing this next song, that your manifest presence would be in the house. That your manifest presence would be over us. And God, in this moment, Lord God, as we make declarations towards you, Lord God, you would take the words that we sing in this moment, Lord. And God, that the divine connection would come yet again in a greater measure between us and you, Lord. God, I pray for every single person that hasn't got that connection. Look, God, God, that they would come and see us afterwards. In fact, is there anyone here who doesn't know Jesus? Anyone here who doesn't know Jesus? Anyone here, their relationship has slipped away from Jesus? Anyone? So God, Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord God, that in this moment, in this moment, we would find a connection like never before. Can we all stand? And let this be a dedication. 
while we're standing too. And I don't want to break this moment, but we've got a conference coming up. And this conference is called an encounter conference because we want everyone to encounter God in a greater measure. We've got some cards on the back wall at the front. We're going to pray over these cards and we're going to pray that the needs that are on these cards will be met over conference. So can I encourage you when you leave the service this morning, get a card, write down a prayer request, write down what you want for God for the next season and we're going to pray that God's going to answer those cards. That God is going to build a church through you. God is going to build a church as we bring our our petitions before Him. God is going to build a church as we're open and honest and allow Him to touch our hearts in a real way. That God is going to build your church. God is going to build this church through you and through me. Let's sing. Let's sing this morning. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.